0: Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, Sheila Gunn-Reed will be weighing in on the Trudeau Liberals abortion policy when it comes to charities, which is to say the charity must be pro-abortion, not pro-life, assuming it wants to maintain charitable status. Disgraceful. And get this, an independent production company makes a parody of a decades-old Radio Canada kids show, but Radio Canada, the French version of CBC, oh, they're not amused. And now Radio Canada is suing this company? Unbelievable. Alex Lavoie has all the details. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. I'll share some of your responses about our story regarding sneaky Patrick Brown caught yet again in another scandal. He just can't help himself. Those are your rebels, now let's round them up.
1: In the last federal campaign, the one that saw Justin Trudeau's Liberals return to Parliament with just a minority government in September 2021, Justin Trudeau campaigned on targeting pro-life organizations, promising to strip them of their charitable status. You see, Justin Trudeau wanted to punish crisis pregnancy centers for, quote, providing dishonest counseling to women about their rights and about the options available to them at all stages of the pregnancy. Now, I would love for the Liberals to tell me what's dishonest about telling a woman it will be hard to raise a child, but also that she's perfectly capable of raising a child and that there will be help if she wants it. What's dishonest about that? I think, and this is just my own opinion, the Liberals' position is infantilizing and demeaning. I mean, it's demeaning to tell a woman that there's only one acceptable option available to them because they're not capable of raising their child. But what do I know? I'm neither a biologist nor a feminist in the modern sense, but, you know, I'm a mom. Now, it was reported in December of 2021, Justin Trudeau had then ordered the Minister of Finance, Chrystia Freeland, to submit amendments to the Income Tax Act that would ultimately strip pro-life groups of their charitable tax status but that was just the public announcement. The crackdown on Christians by Justin Trudeau for the crime of, I don't know, helping women, babies, and girls began much sooner. Behind the scenes in secret meetings that now call into question the independence of the Canada Revenue Agency. And whatever you feel about this issue, helping vulnerable women and girls who choose to carry their babies to term, that's actual charity. And the pro-life organizations who help women and girls in their times of need should not be punished because they feel differently than Justin Trudeau about this important issue of conscience. This is the same sort of meddling that could be used against the Democracy Fund to strip it of its charitable status for its work in strategic litigation on COVID civil liberties. Now, We know how quickly the Liberals moved to try to strip these largely Christian organizations from doing the real actual charity work that they do, you know, provide aid and services and counseling and diapers and support to vulnerable women and girls in need. We got back a thousand pages through Access to Information now to support our Access to Information research projects like this one. Please consider making a donation at rebelinvestigates.com. Okay, let's get into these documents. By October 1st, as in 11 days after the election, before the new ministers were even sworn in, no mandate letters were written, calling for legislation, Health Canada was already contacting the CRA to start implementing this program. Look at this. I am responsible for sexual and reproductive health at Health Canada, and we are now turning our attention to implementation plans for new platform commitments look at this no longer provide charity status to anti-abortion organizations for example crisis pregnancy centers that provide dishonest counseling to women about their rights and about the options available to them at all stages of the pregnancy does that sound familiar this is a health canada bureaucrat from the allegedly non-partisan ministry reading back the liberal party platform word for word and you can see that it's just been cut and pasted because it's the only thing In bold on the page. Look at this. This is from September 10th, 2021, 10 days before the Liberals won the election. They were trying to put their campaign promises into place before they were even given a mandate to do it by Canadians. It's on page 192. There are compliance considerations in terms of our ability to implement and particularly for the anti-abortion item. Considerations at registration on page 206. By November, finance was putting material together and seeking input from the CRA, though only from people with secret clearance. So secret communications with the tax people to stop Christians from being honest with women and girls about the options before them. They say they are pro-choice, these liberals, but the liberals only allow one option to be presented or you face the ire of the CRA.
0: When it comes to the Justin Trudeau liberals' position on abortion, Henry Ford's famous quote regarding the exterior color of the Model T springs to mind. Namely, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. Similarly, the liberals' viewpoint regarding abortion is that you can have any opinion you want about abortion as long as that opinion is (laughs) pro-abortion, brutal. And with more on this story is our chief reporter, Sheila gunn Reid. How you doing there, Sheila?
1: I'm great, David. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Always a pleasure. Sheila, what a story, equal parts sad and infuriating. Whatever happened to the concept of, oh, I don't know, agreeing to disagree?
1: Well, and what that's the thing here. So we've got the Liberals, contaminating the independence of the tax agency, I think outside of the police, the one agency within government that could do something um, catastrophic to destroy your life. But we're seeing the liberals engage in secret meetings with the tax agency that they completely redact all the records of. To go after these largely Christian organizations, these crisis pregnancy centers, because they say the crisis pregnancy centers are being dishonest with women about their options during pregnancy, whether or not to carry the the pregnancy to term or to terminate. But it's the other side of the equation that's being dishonest, because what are the crisis pregnancy centers saying except for, well, should you choose to have this baby? We'll be here to help. And these are the organizations that can help you. And the liberals don't want women to have that information because despite the fact that the liberals won't shut up about what a bunch of feminists they are. The flip side of this coin is that the liberals don't think that women are capable of carrying an unplanned pregnancy to term. And then taking care of that baby alone or with the support of these crisis pregnancy organizations, they actually are demeaning to women by saying, look, you pretty little thing. You only have one option here. You can't do this on your own. Don't worry about it.
0: You know, it's so perverse, isn't it, Sheila, because we have a prime minister Who self proclaims as being a feminist, even though his actions when it comes to dealing with women, women that uh, challenge him uh, on certain issues, uh, he's not very much of a feminist at all. But to me, there is an undercurrent of mean spiritedness regarding this uh, debate that you are going to be financially kneecapped unless you go along with the party line. Um, What do you think? is really driving this agenda, Sheila?
1: Well, I think you're right. It is vindictive. It is malicious. It is mean. And the only problem here is that these groups, these crisis, crisis pregnancy centers, which are, again, I reiterate, largely Christian, and I think that that's a, a serious undertone in all of this, their problem is they disagree with Justin's viewpoint on reproductive rights. And... So he has to bring the hammer of the entire government down on them. What could be more charitable than helping women and girls and babies in their time of need? These are organizations that provide housing, supports, um, sometimes subsidies, diapers, formula to women who choose to carry their baby to term. They basically say to these women, look, if you want to have this baby, you're not alone in this. That's real charity. And Justin Trudeau is making sure the CRA goes after them, not just goes after them with audits, but strips them of their charitable status, while at the same time stopping audits on environmental organizations that meddle in Canadian politics and receive much of their funding from outside of the country.
0: You know, it's just spectacular to me, Sheila, because uh, we know those on the left are... Totally against the death penalty, uh, even when it's going to be applied to the worst of the worst human beings out there. We just saw our Supreme Court knock down the idea of multiple life sentences, even for serial killers, mass murderers, what have you. But when it comes to basically killing a baby, they're all gung ho for that. Uh, This does not compute uh, for me that they will go to bat For the worst examples of humanity, rapists, serial killers, mass murderers, terrorists, who in this country sometimes get an eight-figure paycheck from the taxpayer, but for the most innocent life of all, um, it's uh, open season to terminate that life. Uh, Explain that to me if you can, Sheila.
1: I can't. The pro-choice movement is completely riddled with these inconsistencies. First of all, I don't think you should be given a death sentence because your mom is not prepared to be pregnant with you. Um, I think, you know, being born into a lower socioeconomic caste, uh, as they say, should not be a reason for you not to be born. And that is so often the argument uh, coming from the other side. But the other side also believes in my body, my choice, yep. except when you choose not to get a vaccine, except when you don't want to tell your bartender or your flight attendant what your medical status yeah. is, then that goes completely out the window. Um, these are also the same people who uh, tell me they're feminists. This is all about women's rights, except when you point out to them that sex-selective abortion is a real problem in this country, um, then they're completely twisted in a knot. And they, you've seen this firsthand. They don't want to answer that question because it gets them to a place where they are forced to admit that that pregnancy is a future woman or a woman at that time, you know, that that's a female child. And they can't admit that because then they have to admit that it's a child at all.
0: You know, Sheila, that's a very good point. Um, And we know that, uh, I know there's some studies that indicate that uh, from just the 1970s alone, uh, there's been tens and tens of millions of babies aborted, not for financial reasons, not for health reasons, but because of cultural reasons that a male child is far more valued, unfortunately, than a female child. And this is what really makes a mockery of the feminist movement to me, Sheila, is the fact that if you are uh, aborting babies simply because they're of their sex, i.e. female, that is the very definition of misogyny. How can this be something that feminists cling to?
1: Well, and this is really the end result, what we see unfolding in China. They have basically A generation or two now of completely lost men and it's causing social problems where you have these men without a spouse, without a family, without a partner, without a reason to be, without someone to take care of. um, And they're seeing social decay. There are towns where just single men live because they don't belong anywhere else. They don't fit in. Um, But this is the end result of social engineering, communist central control social engineering Um, and this is the dictatorship that Justin Trudeau appreciates the most and instead of learning from what's happening there and saying you know what we should not play God we should not meddle in nature this way the liberals just embrace it here because they can't figure out where women's rights uh, butt up against um, you know sex selective abortion they once they get there they don't know what to do. So instead of doing something, they just turn a complete blind eye to it.
0: Well, Sheila, we're running out of time very quickly. How is this story going to play out ultimately? Is there going to be a court challenge? Um, I know you're going up against the federal government and (laughs) the Canadian Revenue Agency. But I mean, uh, even if there is a court challenge, uh, is, is there any prospect for a successful outcome? Last word goes to you, my friend.
1: So I guess we start even a little bit closer to home on that. We're doing our best to appeal those redactions because bureaucrats and politicians should not be contaminating the independence of the CRA to go after their ideological foes, which is exactly what uh, we found the liberals to be doing in these secret meetings with the CRA about punishing Christians for uh, taking care of women and girls. But uh, we know from when the Liberals sort of tinkered with the uh, summer jobs grant, again, going after Christians because they would not give pro-life organizations um, the summer jobs grant based on their ideology, again, because they disagreed with Justin Trudeau largely on this one issue um, of women's rights and transgender rights, and a lot of Christian camps for underprivileged kids couldn't go forward because of Justin Trudeau and, and his attacks there. Those are still going through the court system four mm. years later. Um, so right now, it's I, I haven't heard of any crisis pregnancy centers that have had their charitable status revoked. I know that there are audits underway, um, and we're going to keep a keen eye to that because... Um, <clears throat> You know, that's an issue that civil liberties lawyers are very interested in. You know, if you are doing real charity to make the community a better place, to help people in need, you should be allowed to do it. Yeah. If you disagree with the prime minister on this one cudgel point that he has.
0: Indeed. Well, uh, Sheila, let's hope justice prevails. Great report as always. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, David. Have a great weekend.
0: You too. And that was Sheila gunn Reid, our chief reporter, somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this.
2: This is Alexa from Rebel News. And let me tell you, you might be shocked by what I'm about to explain. The publicly subsidized broadcasting corporation called Radio Canada, which is basically the French version of the CBC has decided to sue Lux Media for replicating the show Bobino and Bobinet. That show aired on their station from 1957 to 1985. The show, which is a children's program featuring puppets and fictional characters, was very popular. Lux Media wanted to create a tribute to the Aixin flavor of the show by creating... Babino and Bobby Pin, a parody made for their own Bye Bye 2021. Then in order to entertain the kids, the studio created six episodes that they published online and that reached about a thousand listeners. Wow. CBC really doesn't like Lux Media. Just a reminder that the show aired more than 47 years ago. Now they are facing a lawsuit to talk more about this situation i welcome andre pitt founder of the Lux media as well as yandel the artist who is the actor of babino in the production where come from the idea to do an homage to Bobino and Bobinet.
3: We come together with this project of uh, uh, Bobino and Bobby Pin uh, like to, um, to, to do something to, uh, uh, more for the children. Yandel came to me with an idea of doing an end-of-the-year showcase, you know, a comedy showcase. He does that every year. And he has a project involving the folk uh, character of uh, CBC named Bobino and Bobinette. And uh, he built uh, the decor, he built the the, the, uh, the puppet, and he built all the costume and everything. It, could, it took him at least a year. And he wanted to be as close as possible as the real thing, for a real homage and he has also a a movie project involving these characters and i told him well maybe it would be a good idea to do shows like they did in the time because that's about 35 years that they didn't make that show it's a show that started in the the 50s so it's a it's a folk uh kid show and uh we we did one uh, one show and then we did five other ones and we went uh, to our public and say, if you want more, you need to help us financially because it costs a lot of money to, to make this. Mm-hmm. Make and- the house, make the, the, the puppet, make the costume. It costs our time and uh, we have to uh,
0: to uh, to hire people to help us. So that's why we, we ask uh, uh, some money to the people. But uh, we didn't make any money because uh, people uh, it, uh, find it funny and all that. But the interest was
3: not really there. Is it because uh, it was uh, 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 something old? I think it's a, a very outdated uh, concept. Uh, you see, there's another classic kid show named "Passepartout" in Quebec. It was very popular in the 70s, and uh, they tried a reboot, and, and it didn't work. So I think that kid shows have evolved, <clears throat> and that's why I think that we didn't have the support of our uh, of our viewers, so we decided to abort the project. And uh, it, it was very polished. What we did, we we're very uh, very proud of what we did, but you know, people don't don't follow. So we just decided to cancel mm-hmm. the project.
2: So what really happened? You received the f- first of all a letter from uh, the CBC, and what 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 happened after afterwards with uh, the CBC company?
3: Well, when we received the the first letter, mise en demeure, um, we the project was already aborted. Because, you know, we know, we came to a conclusion that nobody wants to see that. I mean, we I don't think we made one sale. Zero. Okay? So, hey, we thought we had a good idea. Yeah, we have to come to the conclusion that it's not a good idea. So, we just decided. So, we didn't do much. I mean, probably that CBC will see that we're not making new episodes. And, you know, we did a, uh, a website, babino.ca. And uh, cost about 18 bucks, so you know, not uh, not a big deal. So just aborted, and we kind of ignored that because the project was aborted. Then we got a real letter from big big uh, lawyer uh, cabinet, and say, okay, these guys are not uh, are not joking, and I don't know what they want because the project is aborted we didn't make any money with that we never intended to make money with that either and it's everything is off the uh, of the internet right now so we don't understand why they would pay a 500 per hour lawyer to attack two guys that just wanted to entertain kids how
0: absolutely bizarre i mean since when is parody against the law heck even radio canada and the cbc well, they air shows that are all about parody and satire. So why are they so hyper protective of their old content being mocked? With more on this story, which is equal parts goofy and inexplicable, is our Quebec City based reporter, Alexa Lavoie. Bonjour, Alexa. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> you say it so much better than I. Uh, Alexa. Tell me, what's the deal here? Why does Radio Canada think they should be immune to parody?
2: So uh, so far, what I can understand, they can parody themselves or parody some show, but they, they are not like accountable or anything. They can do whatever they want. But when it's going to small production, um, them, uh, especially they didn't make any money with that they actually spend money for producing uh, <laughs> homage, uh, homage at the beginning it was an homage for their bye bye show and, and at the end like when they started nobody wanted to continue on this way because it, nobody didn't make a donation for continuing that show and I especially they wanted to integrate some diversity because they changed um the puppet for black puppet for Asian like flavor. And I thought it was a kind of a little bit too much uh, overreact for uh, deciding to sue them for um, just a show that aired 47 years ago on CBC, but the French uh, CBC, that is Radio Canada.
0: You know, and I would argue, Alexa, even if this production company hit a home run in terms of financing if they'd made $10 million, $100 million, uh, from their show. Well, good for them. I would still say that Radio Canada has no right to go after them or after that money. And speaking of money, let's not forget that Radio Canada, the French arm of CBC, they are wholly supported, well, almost all, uh, f- fully mm-hmm. supported by taxpayer dollars. So... I find it a little rich that they're going after somebody doing a satire on one of their decades old programs when they didn't even front most of the money to make the original programming in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm. And and it's it, this is the most hilarious thing is like this this small production that's called Lux Media, it's funding by. Um, crowdfunding by the people who watch their show and watch uh, what they are doing. And when we look at uh, CBC and Radio mm-hmm. Canada, they are funding by taxpayers. So they use the taxpayer money to go after the small production. That doesn't make sense at all. I don't, I'm not sure if we ask the taxpayer uh, people if they are really agree to have their money used to go after small production that actually doesn't have much money and crowdfund by the people who love them and wants them to survive uh, for their production.
0: And, and, and Alexa, what I don't understand either is, as I said in the preamble, that there are CBC and Radio Canada shows that, you know, they run satirized programs. You know, they 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 run parody themselves. They, they, they take no prisoners. Why do they think they're entitled to a double standard? Why do they think... That this children's programming from decades ago is almost like sacred. Uh, it, it's it's almost as though, goodness gracious, somebody drew a Mohammed cartoon. <laughs> we got to go after them. Why do they believe this to be the to be what it is?
2: Well, first of all, um, like a lot of people, I took that show, like Bobby Babinet, Bobby and they put it back online on YouTube. Um, without using CBC logo or anything. It's like, actually, this is a stolen uh, from uh, CBC. But they never went after them. I don't think so, because it's still on the internet and I never heard about uh, the trial suing anything about that. But I think because Lux Media is a production that is against uh, the narrative of the government since the beginning of the pandemic and because they are talking wrongly about what is going on with the government and everything. So I'm just wondering, like, if it, is it a vendetta against them to say, like, they don't have the money to pay us. We will claim the money from our lawyer, a couple of thousand dollars, maybe $25,000. I don't know the money exact, but um that will actually will... Destroy that production. They will probably have like it says every equipment that they have because they don't have any penny for paying this. So I don't know what was their goal. Is it like to destroy small production that are not in the same narrative or going in the opposite like narrative of of them? But I think it's uh, it looked like more like a vendetta. But since I released my my report and a lot of people saw it. Thousands and thousands of people saw my report. Uh, suddenly, they call back the production, Lux Media, and say, "You know what? Remove what you still have online, and we forget about the, the suing."
0: Wow! But you know, Alexa, I think you are. On to something here. It is the fact that this production company has ideology that is not CBC approved. And I go back to 2019. Do you remember the Conservative Party ran an ad where they clipped uh, a CBC debate, uh, you know, with all the candidates? And the CBC launched a lawsuit against the Conservative Party of Canada, even though Elections Canada told the CBC, that the use of broadcast news material in an ad is not a violation of copyright. CBC didn't care, they used taxpayer dollars to get a uh, big l- legal firm to go after the Conservative Party. They lost in court. Um, I'm not sure if they're go- gonna appeal, it wouldn't surprise me. But here, what I'm getting at, Alexa, if that was the Liberal Party using that clip from the debate, Do you think the CBC is launching a a lawsuit against the Liberal Party of Canada? This is grotesque. This is uh, making decisions using taxpayer dollars because that's who's paying all these lawyer fees, Alexa, based Mm -hmm. on ideology and not based on so-called copyright violations.
2: They just want to mute everybody that go in the the other direction of their narrative to make sure that nobody are intervening in what they are saying, that people are questioning what they are saying as well. That's remember, oh uh, again, oh, yes, Trudeau, uh, but uh, it's actually the same thing. Like, we try to mute and to shut down all the small production that doesn't say the same thing as you. I'm just wondering if that small production was going in the same direction that them, if they will have had this, trial like this lawsuit action against uh, the small company who go in the same uh, direction on the narrative uh, that would be like something to look at it
0: yeah it's it's unbelievable they have a narrative they have an ideology they have no tolerance for anyone poking fun at that ideology or mocking it and meanwhile all their bluster is funded by you and I and our audience as taxpayers. It is just outrageous. You know, we got to wrap it here, um, Alexa. I think I'd love to challenge the CBC, see to see if they would come after Rebel News. Why don't we parody their newscast? Gee, who would we get to play Rosemary Barton? <laughs> <Where do> we- <laughs> I, I I don't think we have anyone big enough here, but maybe we'd have to outsource that. So maybe you
2: can find <laughs> two people in the same yeah. time. So, you can.
0: <laughs> Anyways, Alexa, it was a great uh, piece. I'm glad that, that they're going to back down um, somewhat. They still have to remove the content, which I, I, I think is outrageous. But um, wonderful report. Uh, if anything changes, I know you'll keep us up to date. Thank you so much and have a great weekend, my friend.
2: Yeah, and uh, just to let you, uh, your viewer know that I'm not paralyzed. I am just uh, came back from uh, the dentist.
0: <laughs> well, you have a, a fantastic dentist. Look at that million-dollar smile. That is just <laughs> absolutely beautiful, Alexa. So I'll let, I'll let you, you recuperate in the days ahead, and uh, we'll chat later. Bye-bye. Take care, Alexa. And that was La- Alexa Lavoie in Quebec City. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. David Menzies for Rebel News here in Vaughan, Ontario. Now, folks, we are trying to track down the secret campaign headquarters of sneaky Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton. And you know what? We found it in this nondescript office building, unit number 20 on City View Boulevard. There is Patrick Brown's campaign office in full flight. And I guess there's really nothing wrong with that, although it's kind of funny that he's based in Brampton, but he's running his uh, boiler room out of Vaughan. But here's the thing, folks. There are several senior City of Brampton officials that are working on this campaign, and we know this for sure. Just in front of me, uh, about 55 metres ahead of me, is the white Audi SUV that belongs to Babu Nagulingam. He is the chief of staff for the mayor. I have been coming here for the last several weeks and I've been documenting the fact that that SUV that is owned by Babu is parked here. Also, another uh, interesting character, Margaret Beveridge, She's the senior director of operations, the mayor's office. She is also shown up here in her white fiat. There are several other city employees. They've been on planes crisscrossing Canada with Mayor Patrick Brown as he tries to succeed in being the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. We were told these staffers were working on the Brown campaign while still fully employed by the city of Brampton. And if this is the case, that's offside. Indeed, according to section 4 and section 5 of the Brampton Council Code of Conduct, quote, no member shall use for personal purposes any city property, equipment, services, supplies, or services of consequence other than for purposes connected with the discharge of city duties which may include activities within the member's office of which City Council has been advised." And here's another nugget, No member shall use the facilities, equipment, supplies, services, or other resources of the City for any election campaign or campaign-related activities. No member shall use the services of persons for campaign-related activities during hours in which those persons receive any compensation from the city, end quote. Now, can you believe it, folks? It just so happens when we came here today, guess who showed up himself? He had the big enchilada, Patrick Brown. As soon as he saw us, oh, well, the sneaky one, he jumped into uh, his chauffeur-driven black Ford Explorer SUV, and he literally hit the road. Check out the footage.
3: Go, go, go! Nice, nice. You ready? We unlocked. Yeah. Here's the mic. I'm rolling.
0: Why? Why? You know what? Well, there's no other way out. We'll go back this way. <laughs> I did. You saw me. Eh? You saw us. His... Oh, Just do a straight oh, right oh, He's like a cornered weasel. He doesn't know what to do. This is our second foray down the southbound land, lanes of the Highway 400. Uh, He exited at Rutherford and went back up north, got off at Teston, went to his secret party headquarters, well drove by it, and now he's going south on the 400 uh, again. I'm pretty sure he knows we're following him right now. There's no way to sugarcoat Patrick Brown's character. He is a compulsive liar. Indeed, back when he was the leader of the Ontario PC Party, he threw social conservatives under the bus when he campaigned against the Liberals' sex ed curriculum, only to later flip-flop and support that very same sex ed curriculum.
3: And I have no intention of scrapping the sex, edu- sex education curriculum.
0: He then shockingly threw fiscal conservatives under the bus by deciding it would somehow be a good idea for Ontario, a manufacturing province, to have its very own carbon tax. This is it. Oh my God, he's going back? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, are we ready? I think we are. And when there were no more conservatives to throw under the bus, well, guess what? The PC party threw Patrick Brown under the bus back in January 2018. Such was the contempt and distaste for this backstabber that he was forced to walk the plank less than six months before the provincial election.
3: It's not my values. It's not how I
0: raised. It's not who I am. Brown would later become mayor of Brampton, even though he has no connections to the city whatsoever. Zero point zero. Yet Patrick Brown is all about acquiring power for the sake of acquiring power. And he certainly does not lead by example. Brampton was perhaps the most locked-down city in all of Canada during the COVID-19 mandates. Brown even hired security guards to rat out people to Brampton by-law enforcement for the egregious crime of, oh, making use of fenced-off baseball diamonds or soccer fields. And all the while, this hypocrite was secretly playing hockey with his berry buddies at a Brampton rink. Well, folks, um, we're getting the bums rush, but holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. Oh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. David Menzies with Rebel News. You're in a a city facility? What's that? You're in a city facility? Yeah, so are you. Yeah. So,
3: are you yeah. playing hockey here? Or? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So okay, I'm gonna, we're, we're gonna we're... check you. You're not supposed to be here, actually.
0: Okay. We were told that uh, you play pickup here, Mr. Brown. How come uh, the kids in Brampton can only practice sports, but your buddies can play hockey? Yeah. So, um, I don't know why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton, but you shouldn't be. Oh, who's harassing whom? Your, you, your, your guys handed out 122 bylaw violations in one week. Mr. Brown, why is there a hockey game going on in this arena? I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports, not play them. And who is paying the thousand dollars a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown? Are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps we'll lead Solomon? So Mr. Brown, uh, why is it one law for me and one law for thee in this city? Clearly one law for thee, one law for me. Naturally, he now claims he was the quote anti lockdown mayor, end quote during the pandemic, even though the evidence clearly shows otherwise. The freedoms of family and businesses and the mental health of Canadians I was one of the only big city mayors to speak out and demand an end to restrictions He is, was and always has been a compulsive liar Lincoln Jay
2: for Rebel News uh, We've seen you shut down Brampton Public Park.
0: And when my colleague Lincoln Jay got to ask him a question at the last Conservative leadership debate and that and aforementioned hockey scandal what did Patrick Brown do? your
1: friends and
0: you lied about that too
3: What do you say to voters that don't believe you because of your past actions?
0: Well, I certainly don't agree with uh, Rebel Media uh, and was very clear that I was one of the few big city mayors that pushed back against the closures
3: of, of recreation. Um, and I'm sure you know that complaint from Rebel um, was found to be factually uh, incorrect. And uh, I'm proud of my record during COVID-19 to have been one of the few big city mayors in the country who didn't have vaccine mandates and pushed Um, to uh, make sure that Recreation was open, to, to stay active, to stay fit.
0: And now comes his latest scandal. Brown is using City of Brampton employees to sell CPC memberships. Some of those senior employees actually flew across Canada with Brown, traveling as far away as Calgary, Edmonton and Vancouver, when they should have been working for the citizens of Brampton, Ontario. Patrick Brown drove straight to the Brampton Police Headquarters. Okay, go get out. Okay, then. Okay, you get out right now. And go, go, please, please, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, <laughs> Mr. Brown, why are uh, senior City of Brampton staff working out of your secret campaign headquarters in Vaughan, Mr. Brown? Mr. Brown, any is that on the taxpayer dollar? Have they taken a leave of absence, Mr. Brown? Why are City of Brampton uh, employees working at your campaign headquarters in Vaughan? Is this on the taxpayer dollar, Mr. Brown?
3: Oh, okay then. Alright then. Okay. Did you jump out of
0: your
3: car
1: so fast?
0: Trying to conduct a traffic stop on you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, why is that, sir? Let's go back outside. Okay, sure. So another day in the life of sneaky Patrick Brown, and yet another scandal unfolds. Unbelievable. Is this the guy you want as the leader of the Conservative Party, folks? Is this the guy you want as Prime Minister come 2025? Um, No thanks. We already have a lying liberal scoundrel as PM. No need to replace Justin Trudeau with, well, more of the same. In any event, you had lots to say about the Sneaky One's latest shenanigans. Mama writes, You know you're a good journalist when you're accused of criminal harassment. Great job. Well, thanks, Mama. And what Mama is referring to, folks, is that that so-called traffic stop that we encountered turned into an investigation pertaining to criminal harassment. I swear. By the way, after the cops did look into it, they dropped the investigation. No criminal harassment here. Golly, I wonder what Sneaky Patrick told the cops as he was whipping down the highway. What a lying liar. Pilot Barbie writes, God help us if he pushes his way to the leadership of the conservative party. He's a disgrace and will never beat the Ponce. And what's worse, Pilot Barbie, Sneaky Patrick could very well damage the Conservative Party beyond repair. Brown is a liar and he is a buffoon, but he's also dangerous. Razier writes, you know, you're doing something right when a politician has to report a journalist to the police for asking uncomfortable questions. Yeah, and the cops did something right too, Razier, by aborting their investigation regarding those ludicrous criminal harassment ideas. They knew full well that such a case was gonna be a no hopper. Rob Props writes, charge the mayor for harassment. It's illegal to call the cops when there's no crime. At least sue the bastard. Well, Rob, I don't know about suing, but I would love to see the transcript. Regarding the call Patrick Brown made to the cops, no idea what he said, but you can bet the house on one thing. He lied through his teeth yet again because hey, that's what this weasel does, and D j Colorzone writes, "I love that you give all NDP liberals, and conservatives the same scrutiny. You are true journalists, God bless rebel. well, thank you d j we liken ourselves to the umpire behind home plate. We calls them as we sees them. And it doesn't matter to us what team is up to bat. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.